This is your Planet News Briefing. I'm John Chu. And I'm Ralph Fortune. Our main story coming up is all about Earth Day 2020. 2020, we talk about the 50th anniversary of this annual event, which was celebrated all around the world this past Wednesday. But first, all of your Planet News headlines from this week. In politics this week, uh, Politico reports uh, the UN chief says there is a big threat further, you know, over the coronavirus. This is UN chief Antonio Gutierrez on Earth Day saying that where taxpayers' money is used to rescue businesses, it needs to be tied to achieving green jobs and sustainable growth. Public funds should be used to invest in the future, not the past, and flow to sustainable sectors and projects. Love to hear that. In business news this week, the FT reports that big investors are warning against companies against a backtrack on climate change. So here, the investors are saying said that businesses would be given leeway when it came to climate change this year, but warned against backtracking our targets to reduce carbon emissions. So basically over the past couple of years, big investors have really pushed companies to tackle their carbon emissions, BlackRock, for example, as we discussed in past episodes. This is partly in response to investor and customer pressure. Uh, businesses have begun have begun making so-called net zero commitments, so basically pledging to cut or offset emissions by taking an equivalent amount out of the atmosphere through carbon capture and other technologies. Michael Lewis, head of ESG thematic research at DWS, the 767 billion euro asset manager, has said that it you know it is important that measures to reinvigorate economies in the wake of the pandemic has a green focus. So in line with what Antonio said, as you just mentioned, so there'd be a huge scrutiny on what is the proportion of green spending in these programs. In tech news this week, Bloomberg reports a UK-based startup has a wearable device that it hopes will reduce cattle methane emissions by up to 60%. So what is this all about? Um, Agriculture is second only to energy in its contribution to global greenhouse gas emissions. This is, you know, includes the raising of animals, especially cattle, that drives almost half of this industry's carbon footprint, in this case, methane footprint. Uh, with 1.5 billion cows on the planet, the impact is huge, likely contribute to as much as 5% of global greenhouse gas emissions. And it's not cow farts, it's cow burps. So 95% of that is, is you know, contributed by the burps of cows. So this company, it's called Zelp, short for Zero Emissions Livestock Project, is a UK-based startup developing a wearable device for cattle. It sets a, you know, a fan powered by solar charged batteries that sucks up the burps and traps them in a chamber with a methane absorbing filter. So it cuts cows daily emissions from burps by about a third. Uh, they have a, a plan where it would be a subscription fee per cow, but critics are concerned that it's possible this might be a little too expensive in comparison to feed supplements that do the same thing in reducing methane, but they're less effective than this. An interesting one though. That's, that's so cool. So if you look at some of the photos, it kind of reminds you of what everyone's wearing around their, their mouth at this time, right? Like a face mask. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Except the fan pulling the burps in is pretty wild. In science news this week, science looks reports that uh, we could release herds of animals into the Arctic to fight climate change. So basically herds of horses, bison, reindeer could play a significant part in saving the world from an acceleration in global eating. So 
that is the conclusion of a recent study showing how grazing herbivores can slow down the pace of thawing permafrost in the Arctic. So this is a huge thing. Um, the, the idea behind the study, or rather experiment, so to speak, uh, was to bring grazing animals with their stamping hooves back to the land to disperse the snow, compress the ground, and chill the soil. So as it turns out, it worked. The experiment uh, had 100 resettled animals across a one square kilometer area, cut the average snow cover height in half, dramatically reducing the insulating effect, exposing the soil to the overlaying uh, colder air, and then intensifying the freezing of permafrost. Coming up, our main story, the 50th anniversary of Earth Day. All right, so firstly, uh, what is Earth Day, right? It's an annual global event observed April 22nd every year, uh, which aims to celebrate the Earth and the environmental movement and raise awareness about pollution and ways to maintain a clean habitat. So this dates back all the way to 1969, actually, at a UNESCO conference in San Francisco, your, your hometown. So there, there's a peace activist back in 69 called John McConnell, who proposed a day to honor the Earth and the, the very concept of peace to be celebrated on, this is actually March 21st, the first day of spring in the Northern Hemisphere. That day was then dedicated to nature and was later sanctioned by the UN, which was the big mm. step towards making it um, a holiday. Well, this is not a holiday, but it's recognized all around the world now. So basically there was about a month later after that, a US Senator proposed the idea to propose a nationwide environmental teaching on April 22nd, 1970. 50 years ago, and that is when Earth Day came about. So the first Earth Day was focused on the U.S. only in 1970, and then from 1990, it actually went international. So today, it includes events coordinated globally by the Earth Day Network in more than 193 countries, and also today, many communities uh, celebrate Earth Day week, not just the day, but the whole week. So an entire week wow. of activities focused on the environmental issues that the world faces. I did not know that. That's really cool. Also, just to, just to note, you have a, a abbreviated Earth Day in here to ED week. So, uh, you know, I'm just reading these notes as erectile dysfunction week. <laughs> <laughs> Every week is also erectile dysfunction week. <laughs> Anyways, back to our main program. <laughs> For some people. Let's talk about this year's Earth Day, John. <laughs> this year's ED. So uh, the first ED... <laughs> the first Earth Day back in 1970 actually saw 20 million Americans uh, demonstrate from coast to coast in the U.S. So this is actually at the time 10% of the population. That's pretty good. One out of 10 people. Yeah, that's crazy. Wow. Yeah. I don't think we have 10% of the U.S. participating this time around, probably because it was COVID, but uh, we'll get to that in a moment. But uh, basically this year's Earth Day, this past Wednesday, over a billion people around the world took part in the annual day of environmental action to address the huge challenges facing our planet. So a billion people out of about 8.6 billion, that's pretty good. That's pretty a large percentage of the world yeah. um, doing it. And the, it was also special this year because uh, it was celebrated through the course of 72 hours online instead of actually demonstrating in person because obviously mm -hmm. we're lockdowns around many of the world's biggest cities and so forth so really cool uh this year obviously has is you know this year and next year and the year after every year is going to be sort of the most important year because we're running out of time for our carbon budget and 
the worst damages to the war, according to the Paris Climate Agreement. But uh, this year is seen as a tipping point uh, for action, just like it was last year. And not to kind of, you know, uh, diminish or talk down the, the actual severity of it, but it really is the tipping point, you know, now. And it's, it's a tipping point for action on reducing greenhouse gases and achieving the UN goal of uh, global warming below two degrees Celsius. Mm-hmm. Um, there's been some popular names out there that um, that were involved in this di- 72 hours of digital programming, I guess. Uh, Jane F- Fonda, very, very big time activist. Joaquin Phoenix and Al Gore. Separately, there were some prominent figures that were not officially part of the program, but but had made, made the news via Twitter and so forth. So president, former President Barack Obama, the Pope, and oh, wow. Greta Thunberg, David Attenberg. Familiar names cool. in, in this space. So... Super cool. Did you catch any of it? I actually didn't. I didn't catch any of it as it was happening. Uh, I I actually didn't know it was going to be a multi-day event. So I actually caught it some of it during the day of, but apparently it was happening before it. it, A lot of it had already happened. So what were some of the like takeaways or, uh, you know, uh, things that people were saying during it? Yeah, yeah, this is good. So Emma Snipe from uh, The Independent did a fantastic job of, of updating the public as the events unravel last Wednesday. Uh, we mm-hmm. won't go into every detail, but here are the highlights, right? So firstly, uh, the world must show the same determination against climate change as against coronavirus. This is what UN experts said during mm-hmm. this, uh, this marathon of uh, online events. And that the world is facing a deeper emergency than coronavirus, uh, said the UN chief. So these are some of the themes and takeaways from what mm-hmm. was said. They had a lot of special guests. Yeah, uh, it's pretty incredible. Dalai Lama was, was uh, you know, vo- voiced here as well. He's saying, you know, we can no longer exploit the resources of this earth, you know, resolve to live in harmony with nature uh, on this, you know, a message that he sent out during Earth Day. And he did it on Twitter. The Dalai Lama is on Twitter. <laughs> wow, that's a good point. <laughs> um, there was another bit of a discussion around last year being Europe's hottest record, had a hottest year on record. So that is, I mean, every year, this is, this is, this is a surprise now, but it's probably going to be a surprise again this summer and next summer, because every year is probably going to be the hottest and then the hottest and the hottest. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, right here, it's, this is just in, in further detail, 11 out of the 12 hottest years to date have all occurred since 2000. Yikes. So yeah, I mean, it's just an exponential rate of growth, isn't it? So the coronavirus obviously has taken and that has impacted the way that Earth Day unraveled, but it also impacted what was discussed there because obviously it took over some of the themes, right? So here, what was also discussed was how, how coronavirus lockdowns actually changed the world's most polluted cities. So whilst the pandemic forced the UN to postpone COP26, which we talked about recently in a past, past episode, uh, it also created a great global experiment, really, in reducing some of the world's busiest cities. Another one is, uh, you know, surfers against sewage urge the public to expose uh, plastic polluters. So what do they mean by this, John? Yeah, so to mark Earth Day, surfers against sewage, they launch a campaign called return, hashtag return to offender, urging the public to document plastic <laughs> pollution on their daily walks during lockdown. Is this related to Surfrider? Because Surfrider have been in the news recently. They they had uh, won some big time legal case. We'll follow up on that for the next episode or on stories. Cause that, that was a big news in line this week as well. Yeah, I'm just saying that another one that was mentioned during Earth Day was about uh, 
you know, the live animal markets and wildlife trade continue in Asia amid coronavirus pandemic. So it kind of ties into Earth Day as well, these, these wet markets. Yikes. And another part of the online events, this, uh, the Pope, we mentioned the Pope had, uh, had made a speech as well. So his, the takeaway from what he said was, we have sin against the earth. So Pope Francis made it and a very impassioned plea to protect the environment on Earth Day, saying that uh, the coronavirus pandemic has shown that some challenges had to be met with a global response. So, wow. I mean, do you think he did on Twitter? <laughs> I, don't, I don't think so, right? But I mean, he did say, um, you know, take to the streets to teach us what is obvious. That is that there will be no future for us if we destroy the environment that sustains us. So pretty great, pretty great words from the Pope. We're sinning against the earth, against our neighbor, and in the end, against the creator. Yeah. The, the strong words. Yeah, from the Pope as well. We got some strong words from a 17-year-old as well. Ah, which one is that? Greta Thunberg. Did I say it right? Because I'm always conscious I'm, I, that I want to say it correctly. Is it Greta, know, Greta Thunberg? Something <laughs> like that. Close enough. I mean, it's better than saying Thunberg. <laughs> so taco climate crisis and coronavirus together was sort of the theme of her message. So she, she said uh, actions to tackle climate, uh, coronavirus did not mean the climate crisis had gone away. And she took part in a live stream conversation with climate scientist Johan Rockstrom. Good to hear her. I mean, obviously, I'm not surprised that she made a statement there. She's really become a face of this uh, crisis and the fight against it. Okay, love to see this, John. Green Party calls for Green New Deal to reboot economy after pandemic. This is what oh, I'm all yeah. about right here. So excited obviously, for this. <laughs> yeah, we need, obviously, uh, you know, I've been continuously, and, and you have as well, talking about how to reboot the economy, there's gonna be you know infrastructure builds happening. And it's going to be great because it can be green, right? It can be green infrastructure, it can be green public transportation, all of this will be super, super good for both the economy and for the environment. So it's great that the Green Party is calling for this. Yeah. Uh, green Party said that a Green New Deal uh, has to be central to any post-coronavirus recovery package in the UK. This is UK-based, so hopefully this happens soon in the US as well. Uh, but the party wants to see investment in making all homes warmer and more energy efficient, um, a rapid rollout of renewable energy and major investments in public transportation, which it says would create hundreds of thousands of low carbon jobs. Yes, yeah. it would. We had an episode dedicated to this type of topic recently as well about infrastructure and investment and renewables um, using this extraordinary time to kind of reset and make policies. Right. It's called the recession new deal. Check that one out. Indeed. It's the, Hey, did, did you know actually that the first earth day back in 1970, um, people actually wore face masks just like oh, 50 wow. years later, like this past Wednesday, 50 years later, people wore face wow. masks. Um, <laughs> just because, uh, they, they, they were wearing it because, uh, they were kind of making a statement about, Hey, it's earth day. And by the way, air pollution is really bad in America. Right. Just imagine what it is now. <laughs> mm. um, and I mean, now we're not wearing it. I mean, we are wearing it, but not because of air, of, of air pollution, at least not in the US. So how about this one? Uh, North Pole to be ice free during summers before 2050, scientists say. So this is pretty wild. So 
uh, you know, further detail on this one is that the Arctic Ocean will likely be ice-free during summers before 2050, reaches to say, amid rapid global warming with average Arctic temperatures already, uh, you know, two degrees Celsius above what they were in the pre-industrial era, the extent of sea ice is diminishing even faster. Ice-free summers, 2050. Crazy. North Pole, I mean, if there's no ice there, it's hard to believe that there's much ice anywhere else, right? I mean, that's one of the coldest places there is. Mm -hmm. That's going to elevate sea levels and, you know, patterns and storms. Anyways, we talked about this before in the past as well. There is one more thing that I wanted to point out uh, as a, a recurring theme during the 72-hour digital celebration of birthday week. Minority and poor communities uh, was often talked about as disproportionately bearing the brunt of pollution and climate change. So we have talked about this in our climate and justice episode. Um, it's actually one of our heaviest episodes. Uh, and here are some of the metrics that we alluded to then, and we'll kind of summarize here again. But some 68% of Black people live around 30 miles of coal fire power plants in America, despite being only 13% of the population. Mm -hmm. This is according to greenamerica.org, compared to 56% of white people, making them more likely to feel the health impacts of pollution, including breathing issues and heart conditions. Uh, further, more than a third of Latinos, who make up 17% of the U.S. population, also live within a 30-mile radius. That, you know, this we've like we talked about this. Uh, the the folks who are who are in, on the margins seem to uh, have contributed less and are feeling more of the brunt. Um, so this, this sort of the climate crisis. This is the, yeah. This yeah. is just even even further aspect of that for. Um, Pollution, it's crazy. Let's go with your travel lights first. Okay, my red is that Earth, I didn't know Earth Day was, was there was Earth Week. So I think most people would not know that. Uh, and even then Earth Week, it's just a week. You know, Earth Day really is every day. And I wish, you know, we would celebrate and be more conscious, everybody, at, at least in the scale of Earth Day impacts, uh, people would have thoughts about the Earth as they do this one day a year or you know 72 hours a year uh, so my red is just that you know it should be every day I, I know it kind of takes away from the meaning if it is every day uh, if it's once a year I, I think it really you know gets a lot of attention but if it was every day perhaps you know it would just fizzle away just a bit bit unfortunate um, my yellow is COVID-19 I mean this is the 50th anniversary of Earth Day uh, if it had gone forward as, you know, when there was no pandemic, it'd probably be the biggest celebration ever of birthday uh, all around the world. You know, it kind of would have that, um, what happened when, when, when Donald Trump got elected and the whole, like half of the world's uh, population, i.e. the entire female gender <laughs> uh, around the world just, you know, marched against him. I feel like this Earth Day could have had that potential. Uh, like these swarms of people around the world, these like images of crowds that, that would be breathtaking and be really, you know, inspiring. And um, you know, I, I think it had the potential. I think Extinction Rebellion would have tore it up in a really positive way. Uh, but you know, with COVID nineteen, we had to take it online, and I, I'm sure it happened, you know, as best as, as it could. But I think my yellow is basically the fact that you know. It's really unfortunate that we couldn't, you know, take it to its potential 
for this mm -hmm. particular 50 year, year anniversary of it. My green is um, actually, you know, this past Earth Day was arguably the healthiest the Earth has been since the inception of Earth Day. <laughs> uh, so, you know, this is also COVID-19 related, obviously. So the lockdowns introduced across the world have seen the skies clearing of pollution and wildlife returning to des deserted streets. You got dolphins and jellyfish and Venice, you know, the canals and, oh, by the way, oil, U.S. oil plunges, <laughs> prices plunge below zero for the first time in history. So that's sort of a green movement, so to speak. Okay, my red is just that this wasn't, this, the advantage of this being digital wasn't uh, taken in terms of being more of a social, socialized like network effect type movement, right? I mean, why wasn't there things, you know, okay, for example, uh, how many times have you seen, or how many times do you get tagged with like, you know, the uh, five, 5K, run a 5K, give a 5K, like mm. the hell, why was there nothing like this for, uh, for the, you know, for uh, Earth Day, right? Why, yeah. Something like this, like grab a, pick up a piece of trash, you know, tag a piece of trash, and that would be, I'd be, you know, tagging John the piece of trash, or something like that, easy, so easy to come up with something like this, right? So <laughs> that was a missed opportunity, my, in my opinion. Yellow for me um, is, is, yeah, again, like basically what you were saying, like 50 years, again, is, a, is really, you know, something that people can, can market around or just, just make it more of an exciting thing, and, and it seems like it, uh, it kind of fell flat. Um, and then green was that it, they did, you know, transit the transition to digital. Um, that's definitely a positive thing. Uh, but yeah, I wish it would have been a little bit more network effect. That is this week's Your Planet News Briefing. I'm Ralph Borgen. I'm John Chu. Thanks for listening.